Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Salvation Solutions. I'm your co-host, Leslie. I'm Aramis. And I'm Pastor D. <laughs> you forgot who you was, bro. <laughs> Understanding today. The title of our message is Understanding Kingdom Cash Creation Concepts. Exactly. That was good. Yes, we are. Uh, this is from our Building Wealth God's Way brand, and we really want to dive into this because this is a very important subject matter. When we're talking about the kingdom of God, there's so much confusion. And I'm going to say it like this because there's a mixture, excuse me, within the body of Christ. And when I say the body of Christ, I'm talking about born again, spirit filled believers who've like experienced new birth and they got they got Holy Ghost on the inside of them. And then you have the other aspect of religion that's mixed in there. Right. So when I when I want to be able to be I want to be clear about that, you know, a lot of times we use the, the term the church almost interchangeably with with the sons and daughters of God and true, you know, born again believers and religious folk. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we got to learn to differentiate between that. But uh, when I say the church, I'm talking about the church, not religious folk. I'm talking about the church, the, the body of Christ, born again believers, sons and daughters of God. There's still so much confusion. And I believe it's due to the religious people, the, the devil mingling in their religion. Within how one, if God wants us wealthy, to how God wants us wealthy. You know, we're taught, we've been taught that, you know, you bring your tithe and you're good. But we, you know, we found out that don't work. You know, folk, folk tithing 50 years and they're still in poverty, right? right. So there, there's a methodology. And because people don't take a kingdom approach to wealth, they don't take a kingdom approach to making, managing, and multiplying money, they, they get confused and they get off and they get stuck and they get frustrated and they live their life not attaining or not possessing the abundance that God wants us to possess. Jesus said, I'm coming that you may have life and have life more abundantly, right? Life, that word life is critical. It's important for us to understand. It is the word zoe. It is a four tiered word, loving, creating, producing, and selling, right? You have to serve by selling. We exchange value and people pay you for the value you bring to their life. And that's what that word zoe represents. That's the abundance. He said he wants you to have a whole lot of that. He wants you to do a whole lot of loving. He wants you to do a whole lot of creating. He wants you to do a whole lot of producing. He wants you to do a whole lot of selling because he wants you to have a whole lot of money so that you can always have to give to every good work that comes your way. Another beautiful thing, and I'll throw this in there, that I, I came across today. The Lord revealed this to me. The idea of alms in the Bible. I'm sure you remember they, uh, Cornelius was famous because he gave alms. One of the things he did, he gave alms to the poor. Mm -hmm. The idea of alms is where we get our modern day idea of philanthropy from. Mm -hmm. And specifically speaking, kingdom philanthropy is not me giving you $100 to help you eat today. No, true kingdom philanthropy is expressed. The highest form of expression of kingdom philanthropy is venture capitalism. Or I should say venture capitalists. To operate as a venture capitalist, the highest form of me being a blessing to you, I'm talking about a real blessing, mm -hmm. is to invest in your God idea. Oh, okay. So that's what venture capitalists. Yeah, venture capitalists, uh, some call it, some are called angel capitalists, but okay. venture capitalists invest in your, you know, would be a great, uh, what's the show? I think you brought it up one time. Oh, Shark Tank. Shark Tank, yeah. right? Well, I invest in your idea. Because what am I doing now? I'm putting you on a pathway where you ain't going to need me. Right. 
I'm going to give you the money. You're going to work. You're going to make it work. And then you, you're going to go and be blessed for the rest of your days. Right. So I really believe that's why God wants us wealthy. So that the body of Christ can invest in the other God ideas within the body of Christ and build that infrastructure of wealth within the body of Christ. Now, once we get all of the money, now we can influence what happens in this world. Now we can influence everything from governmental policy to local policy to what takes place in our school districts. We can influence all of that once we got the money. Right. Money answers all. Listen, a feast is made for laughter and why I make it merry. But money, money gives you a voice. Money helps you solve problems. Money, money, money gives you an, a, a solution. Right. That's how it works. Money in, in the natural realm is the equivalent of faith in the spiritual realm. But you got religious folk which have influenced true believers into thinking, well, God don't care about you having no money. I was in a clubhouse of night. Poor sister was talking about, you know, well, if we don't have to worry about money. God, OK, God will supply. God will give us money as he sees fit. Sister, it don't work like that. It, it don't work like that. Because in reality, you still need money to operate in this. System you need. Listen, life right. is life is a business. Right. Life. Life is a business. Just like like they call it the cost of living. Right. Like it costs to live on earth. Mm -hmm. It costs. You try living on earth without no money and watch what happens. You can't do nothing. Mm -hmm. So don't tell me God don't want us to have a whole lot of it. Right. He just wants us to have it in a certain way. He wants us to uh, uh, accumulate it in a certain way. He has a certain he wants us to have a reason for being being wealthy. Right. He wants us to have a, a, a way. Uh, there's a methodology that he's given us. Uh, to build wealth. And so we want to talk about that. We want to talk about the entrepreneurial drive that, that God wants us to have. Like most folks, you know, you know, I could tell, you know, I'll be in certain meetings. I say, so I say God is entrepreneur to, to certain people and they just, they don't say nothing about it. See, when they, I, I know they ain't never heard that, but when they act like they heard it, I know they don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Because right. they're trying to act like they know what I'm talking about. So they don't say nothing. Like, like you heard that before. You ain't never heard that before. Right. right? So the point is, the point is, People got to grasp the idea that God, the first aspect of who he is mm -hmm. that he revealed to us was himself as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. All creation was, was him functioning as an entrepreneur. One of the first things Jesus said, said to his parents or to us in the scripture was, know you now that I must be about my father's business. Like he's a businessman. Mm -hmm. A king is the ultimate entrepreneur. So when we're talking about kingdom cash creation concepts there's concepts within the kingdom of god there's keys of the kingdom of god that we have been given to unlock the riches of heaven and bring them over into this realm mm -hmm. when we talk about the riches of heaven we, we, we got to talk about the five and this will be our subtopic subtopic today the five keys of kingdom wealth creation there's five keys that i hopefully want to get to mm -hmm. in the allotted time that we have <laughs> Hopefully Which we'll get to slow it. Up with the <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm really taking a shot at the floor manager. I'm really, I ain't oh. talking to y'all. You oh. know, she put us on a time restriction. Listen, That's what I'm going at. Off, it's, time. it's time to shut it down, right? So, but no, we, we want to talk about that. We want to deal with the um, the the five keys, the five keys to the um, the, no, you're good. The five keys to 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 wealth creation, and um, the first one I'll just dive right in is, is our spiritual blessing. Well, let me list the five first. The spiritual, it's your spiritual wealth, solar, solar co wealth. Solar Yeah, I like the word solar yeah. Physical, social wealth, and leveraging resources. It's, it's, it's resource wealthy. Okay. I want to be resource wealthy, mm -hmm. right? 
So we got to learn how to be be spiritually well, live spiritually wealthy, soulical wealthy, soullessly wealthy, physical wealth, social wealth, and resource wealth. We got to understand those five aspects of building wealth in the kingdom of God. Again, spiritual wealth, soulless wealth, physical wealth, social wealth, and resource wealth. We want to be resource wealthy. As a matter of fact, we are resource wealthy. And in, in in being created in the image and likeness of God, and we're going to get into that, there's your intangible and your tangible resources that God has given us to build wealth. And we'll talk about those things. But the first aspect that I want to deal with, and I'm just going to glaze over it because we don't have a whole lot of time for this, is the spiritual wealth, right? The, your spiritual wealth begins in Ephesians, the first chapter. So let's look at Ephesians. I want to look at it. And we're talking about Paul writing to, uh, they say, the most mature letter or one of the most difficult letters for, to grasp and understand is the, is the, letter, is the book of Ephesians because it was written to a mature church. This is one of Paul's last letters. It's one of the letters that, that Paul was writing to a, a, a group of believers that were seasoned and well-versed in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And so um, he was really going into a level of their spirituality that he didn't go into in a lot of his letters. So in this particular letter, he talks about, he says, um, verse one says, Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints, to the saints, he used that word saints to them, that, that speaks of maturity, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful, faithfulness, another word, another aspect of being mature, the faithful and their saints, that speaks to how, how, how mature they were as a body of as a body of believers. In Christ Jesus, he says, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God, our Father and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Who hath blessed us. What is the nature of the blessing? What is the, what is the design of the blessing? We know that the design of the blessing is to make rich. us rich and, and, and eliminate stress, anxiety, fear, and worry. Notice, notice the, the progression. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord, it is designed to make you wealthy. That word rich is the word for, for wealth creation, the wealthy, right? And eliminate sorrow, anxiety, frustration, disappointment, stress. Well, the way God is designed to eliminate stress and sorrow and frustration and all those things, anxiety out of your life is to make you wealthy. Because what does that folks stress out about most of the time? Money. What does the folks ang ang have anxiety about most of the time? Money. What is the most folks fearing about all the time? It's money. Money. It's about money. Yeah. Right. What did see Matthew's gospel, the sixth chapter, verse 33 says, take no thought for these things. What you're going to eat. What you going, where you going to sleep and what you going to wear. Right. He says, for your heavenly father, know you need those things. He says, but listen, here's how you eliminate that. Here's how you get over the stress, anxiety and worry about what you're going to eat, where you're going to sleep. Here's how. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The solution, because because who worry about what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, what they're going to sleep with. Who worry about that? Poor people. Poor folk. But you know what? That scripture makes me think that's where the lady on Clubhouse got that from. When God says, take no thought about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, or where you're going to live. Pray. No, 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 no. You're exactly right. Oh. But they have a religious understanding of it. Mm -hmm. Ain't no revelation behind it. Mm -hmm. They need to just be quiet and listen. <laughs> Some people need they to need just be quiet and listen. Student mode they just time. be quiet and listen. Yeah. Because that ain't that that is not even close to the revelation that God wants to give us about that scripture. Because right. when you seek, means to ascertain the mind. Mm -hmm. 
when you ascertain the mind of God, then you're going you're gonna to function as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. You're going you're gonna to be about building wealth. You're going to be about building. You're going to be about functioning as a king. When you ascertain the mind of God, you're going to learn how to think like a king. We know kings are entrepreneurs. King is about building. We, we talked about it in the last, last week's podcast. A true king is about building wealth, but not for himself, but for his citizens. He's trying to bring all the resources and put as much money in the economy of his kingdom that he can. He don't need no money. He can go wherever he want to go and give wherever he want to give for free. Right. He don't. But that's for his citizens. He wants every citizen to live in abundance and more than enough. A true king. Right. And so once they ascertain the mind of God, then they'll then they'll um, understand that the kingdom is a governmental structure that has all of the institutions that we live in within our society, within our world. The kingdom of God has a, is a governmental structure. It has an educational institution. It has an economic institution. It has a business institution. It has a, a, all of the different institutions and functions that we have within certain societies we have in the kingdom of God. It's a literal kingdom, country. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. And it operates as a society in a particular country. And you'll understand that the kingdom is the apparatus that God has given us to restore power and have dominion in life. Once you understand that, now you go to the righteousness. Righteousness is both positional and practical. The, the, the deeper meaning of the righteousness of God is you fulfilling the righteous assignment that God has for you. When you fulfill the assignment that God has for you, you're going to become wealthy. Because what God has, to do, has for you to do is valuable. And that's how we determine, that's how we exchange, create wealth, is we exchange value for value. So they don't understand those aspects of the scriptures. So in their mind, well, we don't worry, but we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, but you got to do something on the other side. Right. And their mind is not to worry and do nothing. But that's not what it means to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Mm -hmm. That's all about doing something. Right. So when we transition from that, that mindset into a mindset that first and foremost, I'm wealthy spiritually. Mm -hmm. I got to be wealthy spiritually. Mm -hmm. And we were reading in Ephesians. It talks about the blessing. The blessing is designed to make you rich and eliminate worry, fear, frustration, anxiety and stress. Without money, you're gonna worry, you're gonna fear, you're gonna be stressed out, you're gonna have anxiety, and you're gonna and you're gonna be and you're gonna have fright and everything else that they have, right? It says, and has blessed us. He had already. We ain't gotta pray for this, son. We ain't gotta pray for this. He hath already blessed us, hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. So what this speaks to is there's invisible. This, whenever you think about the spiritual realm, you think about the unseen. Right. You think about the intangible things. He's already blessed us in the realm that's beyond the physical. This is the foundation for your physical prosperity with every spiritual blessing. So the spiritual, the nature of the spiritual blessing, the nature of the spiritual blessings is to produce wealth in our life. Right. It's to give us that that undergirding necessary that we so that we can build and be who it is. God has called us to be a king and a queen has to have these certain characteristics. The first thing a king has to know is that he's chosen. I was chosen for this. I was chosen to be a king. That's the first thing a king has to know. A queen has this man. I'm, I, this this is this was this is my destiny. I was chosen for this thing, right? So when we say, it says, with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundations of the world. So one of the first aspects of our spiritual blessing of being blessed spiritually is knowing that you're chosen. Knowing that you're chosen. What that means. That means out of everybody on the planet, we're about nine billion people on the planet at this time. God has chosen you. He's chosen you 
before anything took place, before he started this thing. He chose you to do a particular thing in the earth, to add a particular value to other people's lives in the earth, to possess a particular niche in the marketplace in the earth. He chose you for that. I'm chosen. When you think about some of the biblical characters that was chosen, first person come to mind is David. Like David was chosen. Like he was chosen to slay Goliath. Nobody else in Israel. Everybody else was running and hiding from Goliath, <laughs> hiding behind the rocks and running around the mountain stuff up there, you know, shaking behind the shields. David came up there thinking, who, who, who? Man, I done slayed the bear. I done slayed the lion. This man ain't going to be nothing. This uncircumcised fool ain't going to mean nothing to me. He was, David knew he was chosen. Samuel had come and poured the oil on his head, bypassed all the brothers. No, no, no. We ain't sitting down until you go get David. That's the one right there. That's the one. Yeah, th that, that's the one right there. Mm -hmm. That's the one. God has chosen him. Why? He wanted the mind of God. So that was my question. Yeah. Why was, why, well, in this case, why was David chosen? But, you know, that scripture that says many are called, but mm -hmm. few are chosen. Right. Why are few chosen and not the many? Well, that, that again, that's an excellent question. So we use David mm -hmm. as our, as our, Example of being chosen, right? When you think about one of the first, probably most prominent biblical characters of being chosen would be, would be Abraham. Abraham was chosen and then David, you know, those two. Uh, even Noah was chosen, right? But there was every, each one of them had a unique aspect of who they were and how they lived life that determined them being chosen. I know the idea is that, well, God is sovereign. He can choose whoever he want to choose. Okay, I get you. I ain't going to argue with you about that, right? But the Bible is a progressive revelation. When we look at it from Genesis, yeah, you can say that. But when you get on the other side and you see the and you see it and you look, you look through the finished work back to the old, now, now it makes more sense now. Now you now you can see, now, now it's clear now. It ain't that God just can do whatever he wants to do, what he chose whatever he wanted to chose. No, they had unique characteristics about who they were, how they thought that determined how God could use them. It wasn't just God said, okay, I'm going to use uh, John Doe today. No, no, it don't work like that. That ain't how this thing go. He chose people who were going to get the job done. He chose folks who were going to get the job done, and they had, they had, they had entered into a certain place, mm -hmm. right? So David was chosen. Now, when we, when, we, when we look back through the finished work and we see that, we also see David had a certain mindset. Mm -hmm. David had a mind. To seek the face of God. He had a heart to know the mind of God. When the, when the Bible says, when, when uh, David was described as, as being the man after God's own heart, that word in Hebrew is actually more close to the mind or the mentality of God than the emotions of God. Same thing we see over in Matthew's Gospel, the sixth chapter. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That word seek there means to ascertain the mind of God. So the difference between those, everybody's called, but not everybody's chosen. Why? Because everybody don't seek the mind of God. Everybody don't want to think the way God would have them to think. See, some folks will tell you, well, you can't think like God. Can't nobody think like God. Because they're looking, they looking at the old, they're looking at eyes have not seen this and not early. Nobody can know the thought. They're looking at the old stuff. Mm -hmm. But Jesus came to do a whole new thing. Right? So what we got to see is the, the difference between those who are called and those who are chosen is what they're seeking after. What, what, they says they says Moses wanted to know the ways of God, but the children they just want to see the acts. 
So you get you get some folk that just want to see the goodness of God. They just want to see the acts. They don't care about thinking like God. They don't care like they don't, they don't care nothing about having the mind of God. They don't care nothing about having the mind of Christ. They don't care nothing about thinking critically. They don't think nothing about men. They don't think nothing about that. Just give me the goods. Them folk ain't gonna get chosen. So we're all born with a destiny, right? Correct. What's the difference between being chosen and, and destiny? Well, destiny speaks to the overall life that God has designed to you live. He said to Jeremiah, he says, before I knew you, I formed thee in the belly and I ordained thee to be a prophet to the nations. So right, like, like, like that's what that was Jeremiah's destiny. He was destined to do that. Matter of fact, Understanding that we have been predetermined or predestined is one of the spiritual uh, components of wealth that God has given us here in Ephesians, the first chapter, later on down in the chapter. It's talking about being, having been predestinated, right? Predetermined, that's a compound word. It means pre-beforehand. God determined what I was going to do. Then watch this, and I'm getting ahead of myself. Then he gave you giftings, intangible things, resources, intangible resources, which was number five, intangible resources to fulfill that destiny. Aramis, Aramis was called to the music community. So he gifted Aramis musically. He gave him the ability to sing. He gave him the ability to engineer. He gave him the ability to do everything he can do vocally, arrange, write. He got all that. He got, so he was called to the music community, play the drums, play the keyboard. He's just musically inclined. <laughs> He just, <laughs> he, he, he musically inclined because he's been destined to impact the music community. It's his responsibility to discover the particular area in that community that he's called to add value to other people. And so much so that people are going to be willing to pay him for that value. It's his responsibility to do that. My responsibility as who I am in his life to do that, to help him with that. Right. So. When we when we see when we see that the destined or the destiny that God has for our life, it speaks to the specific um, calling and purpose that God has for me. Me being chosen speaks to have I prepared and met the criteria necessary for me to walk in the fullness of what he's predestined me to do. Right. He's called me to do that. But now I have to go through the process of 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 development. And preparation and growth for that. See, this is a part of being a believer that most folks don't even don't even want to deal with. Right. They just want to be entertained and they want to be made to feel good. They don't want to have any roots into their life. They just want to be able to run around and hit the press and say, God is about to do this and God is about to do this and God's about to do this and God's about to open that door and God's about to shut that door. Man, that stuff don't he ain't doing none of that stuff no more. You know, tickle me, we'd be on Clubhouse and, you, you know, these prophets be opening these rooms and don't know Adam from Eve in the room and they prophesying to him. And all they saying is God is about to do this. I see God open this door. You don't see nothing. You see, you imagine stuff. It ain't, you don't see nothing. God don't. God, the nature of prophecy has changed. The nature of prophecy is, is, is not what God is going to do. God has already done it. It is finished. Change the nature of prophecy. But because they don't look at the Old Testament, they don't read the Old Testament through the lens of the finished work. They still prophesy as if the work is not finished. That was legitimate in the Old Testament for prophets to say God is going to do something and God is doing this because the work wasn't finished as it is now. But now that's different. Read from Acts on the prophetic utterances. It's not what God is going to do. Is what he's already done. It's not, it's not, uh, you know, I, God is going to open his door. They don't talk like that. And after, after, 
after uh, uh, John's gospel. They don't talk like that. They don't even talk like that in, 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 uh, in, in the gospels. That's only, that's only after, uh, prior to Malachi that they, they, they talked in that fashion. But the nature of prophecy is different. So we got to understand that the nature of how we enter into our predetermined life is by being chosen because I've, I've gone through the processes and the practicalities of ascertaining my spiritual wealth, which then leads to my soulish wealth. Beloved, above all things, I want you to prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. John dealt with the two elements of two, two of the keys of wealth creation in that one verse. You got to have soulish wealth and you got to have physical wealth. Right. Um, I did that, that answered the question, right? Between death, right? We got the question asked. So I want to move to that the idea of soul as well, right? Uh, we know this. What are the three components of a soul again? Three components of the soul the will, the mind, and the emotions. So when we're talking about soul as well, we have to include those three components of man, of your soul is your will, your mind, and your emotions. So what does it look like for my will to be wealthy? It is for my will to be in alignment and to be one with God's will. Mm -hmm. That's why Paul prayed that, that you would have the knowledge, that you be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Mm -hmm. Why? So that you can walk worthy of the Lord now. Mm -hmm. So you can walk worthy. See, without the knowledge of his will, you can't walk worthy of him. So it's when, when I ascertain the knowledge of his will and I merge my will with his will, I am now will wealthy. Let's say it like that. I'm not will wealthy. I'm wealthy now in my will because I'm desiring what God desires. Wealth from the will's perspective is when my will and his will becomes one. Now I'm wealthy in my will. Now I have to deal with the emotions, emotional, what we call emotional intelligence. Well, I learn how to control and channel, control and channel my emotions properly. When I learn how to control Meaning not allow my emotions to determine and dictate how I respond, specifically speaking, in wealth creation matters and how I channel my emotions and I use my emotions as fuel so that I can execute and do what it is that I need to do in order for me to build wealth. I was I was laying in bed the other night and one of the hardest things for me to do is separate myself from my woman when I'm laying in the bed. That's one of the hardest things for me to do. That's what it is. It's one of the hardest things for me to do. I'm going to say it like it is. One of the hardest things for me to do. <laughs> one of the hardest things for me to do is to separate myself, right? So, so, but I have to, I have to, you know, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I've disciplined myself to be able to get up. But, but the idea was I was laying there thinking about, thinking about how I was feeling emotionally, right? How I was feeling. And it got to the point where, you know what, I said, I got, I got things I got to do. Because I got, I, got, I got goals I'm trying to meet. I got uh, things that I'm building. And so I thought, you know what? I, I literally sat there and was thinking about the fuel, uh, how important my emotions was, and, and, and as fuel to, to do what I need to do. People, people will do what they feel like doing. And I literally thought myself, and I channeled my feelings into getting up and separating myself from the warmth of the woman and going to do what it is that I had to do. Like John, what's my, what's my boy's name? John, uh, John uh, the singer. What's his name? John, uh, John Legend. John Legend said, "Listen, my biggest muse, man, my biggest distraction. His biggest distraction is his woman. That's his biggest distraction. You get caught up in the woman, you can't get nothing done. 
Right. So, so the, the, the emotional part of it, you have to learn to channel and control. That's when you're wealthy emotionally, right? When you, when you, when you've, when you've picked up the affections of God, right? The Bible says, set your affections on things above. In other words, God has an affection. You have an affection. You bring those things together. Now our affections are one. Now I'm passionate about the things God want me to be passionate about. Now I'm energized about the thing God wants me to be energized about. Now I'm emotionally connected to the things God wants me to be emotionally connected to. That's when I'm wealthy in the emotional aspect of my soul. And then lastly is the mind. And we just talked about that briefly when we talk about seeking the mind of the king. When you when you're wealthy in your soul, you have the mind of Christ in full operation. I've activated the thoughts and, and, and to be more specific, Christ and God, they're, they're critical thinkers. They think critically about everything. God is like he's 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 anal about what he's going to do and how he's going to do it. We think critically. We go beyond the surface of a thought. Definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. You go beyond the surface of a thought. You think about thoughts. Thoughts come in clusters. There's no such thing as an isolated thought. They come in clusters. Thoughts give birth to other thoughts. So when we think of it in that manner, we want to explore. We want to exhaust that cluster of thoughts. We don't want to miss a thought. I, want to, I don't want to miss a thought because thoughts or ideas is what God uses to give you insight on how to produce wealth. Right. So when we talk about being being um, knowledgeable in the components of the soul, it's when my mind and Christ's mind merge together. Paul said it like this, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When we go through the renewing of the pro- mind process, that's wealthy in those three components. Another thing I want to talk about. Uh, when it comes to solical wealth, it's knowledge. It's having a knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Those three things. Proverbs talks about that huge. Paul prayed that in all of his letters to the churches. He always talked about spiritual wisdom, spiritual knowledge, spiritual understanding. Right? Paul said this to Timothy when he was writing to Timothy. He said, "Timothy, I need I need to tell you that I need you to I need you to consider the things that I'm telling you. That word consider there it means to think upon critically. It means to think critically. Consider those things that I'm saying to you." And the Lord will give you even greater understanding. Most folks don't think critically about what they hear, their, hear their, whoever God put in their life say. Right. You know, they let it go in one ear, out the other. Get excited for a minute. Right, right. right. But they don't, they don't, they, you got you to stop. You got to write stuff down. Right. You got you to have a mind of a disciple, mm-hmm. a learner. And you got to think critically on what people say and what people are bringing forth to you from the word of God. Mm-hmm. And so we got to come into a knowledge. Now, that knowledge is just not about. Bible knowledge, right? When it comes to wealth creation in the kingdom of God, you got to have the knowledge of product creation, product production, product marketing, and product placement in the marketplace. You have to have a knowledge of those four things. What's disappointing is that the body of Christ and, and the pulpit don't teach the body of Christ and believers these aspects of building wealth in the kingdom of God. The, the kingdom of God has its own market, has its own economy. You just can't see it. We, 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 we're in this particular realm and we can see what's happening in America. And we know America has a marketplace. We know, we know there's certain marketing principles and shadows and, type, and types that, America, that, that, that people in the marketplace use. But, but we don't see that happening in the kingdom. When Jesus was a master marketer, he marketed masterfully. He was, a, he was an excellent offerer. He offered his product to people in a way that they couldn't say no. He mastered the skills of marketing. Mm-hmm. 
he mastered the skills of selling. He mastered those skills. So we have to do the same thing if you want to build wealth in a manner that's going to enable you to be a venture capitalist. That you're able to invest in people's ideas and help them build wealth generationally and help them become self-sufficient and able to do what you're doing for them for other people. That's the highest form of being a blessing. It's taking what you have. Uh, I just recently had a brother, um, a brother that has the right mindset um, through Clubhouse come and say, man, man, he's like, man, what Damaris is doing, we need to get behind. We need to invest in. We need to, more people need to hear what he's saying. So he wants to talk about how he's going to, how he wants to, you know, do whatever he can to financially support what it is that I'm, that we talk. I mean, it was one of our, it was one of our podcasts and I was just put snippets up on, on Instagram. Yeah. But that, that's what it's about. Having that mindset. That kingdom mindset. That's the kingdom mindset. Because I'm going, I'm building wealth with a reason. Because I want to see, the, I want to see the God's children. I'm talking about abundantly blessed according to what Jesus said. You know, so the soulless wealth, that, that those aspects are important. You got to have wisdom in marketing. You have that wisdom in making your offers to people. You have that wisdom in product production and you have that wisdom in creating products. Right. God has called you to the music community. You got to you got to study that community. You got to see, you know, how the ends and learn, learn the ends and outs of that community. And you got to find out what what is it that the people of this community need and you got to serve them those things. And you serve it to the point where the value of it becomes so valuable. Now you're willing to, you know, be able to charge whatever you want to charge for people to, to take advantage of the value that you bring to their life. And that's the idea of it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the idea of it. So, yeah. Um, we, any thoughts or questions so far? We're good. Because no. I want to move on to the next thing. No, no thoughts Because we got four minutes. Right. right. So now, now we're talking about physical wealth. And we're basically talking about health. Mm-hmm. Right. Beloved of all things that you would prosper and be in health. Health is different than healing. Most folks want to live in perpetual healing mm-hmm. when they don't work like that. God wants you to live in health, right. which is wholeness, right? The ultimate call, I mean, Paul, Paul prayed that our whole spirit, soul, and body, that we'd be whole in spirit, soul, and body. Wholeness speaks to there's 13 systems that govern your body, mm-hmm. that brings your body to a state of health, right? When all 13 systems are properly functioning, then you'll end up in a state of health. If one, excuse me, if one of those systems break down, then you're not healthy. If your respiratory system has a problem and break down, you won't be healthy. If your endocrine system has a problem and breaks down, you won't be healthy. If your digestive system has a problem and breaks down, you won't be healthy. If your cardiovascular system has a problem and breaks down, you won't be healthy. Right? If your venal system has a problem and breaks down, your artery system has a problem and breaks down, you won't be healthy. If your nervous system has a problem breaking down, you won't be healthy. Right? Those are just some of the systems that govern your body. It's when we have all those systems in operation that you come into a state of health. Right? Well, there's a state of health that we have to, that God wants us to be in physically. It requires these three things: exercise, nutrition, and recovery, restoration. Those three things. As a former and current actually trainer um, of athletes and and you know um, fitness fanatics. Those are the three components of health is exercise, nutrition and recovery. You got to rest. You got to probably give the body time to recover. You know, you got to you got to eat, put the right things in your body to help fuel the body, help have the body recover or rebuild itself. I'm sorry. And you have to you have to train the body. You have to literally cause the body to go through a death, burial and resurrection process. 
right? Lifting weights don't build muscle. It destroys muscle tissue. It actually kills muscle, right? Then that muscle has to go through a regeneration process. That's how it grows. And, it, and when it does that, it comes back thicker and more dense. And that how, that's how it gets bigger, right? So God wants us healthy. That's our physical wealth that God wants us in, right? We're good on that piece. Okay, and then we want to get to the social wealth. This, this is what I really want to get to, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is important because as I was using Aramis as an example, he's called to a certain community. Like you're called to the educational community. Mm-hmm. Other than teaching and doing things you do, you also should have a mind to find out how can we better educate? What are some, where are some of the holes or some of the gaps in the educational system and how can I come up with a solution to fulfill that system? You can be working as a teacher but still think as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You can still have a job but still be thinking as an entrepreneur. Right. You just got to be careful because because your boss will take advantage of your entrepreneurial thought process and he won't give you credit like he should. Right. right? So but you've been called to a certain community and you're called to build your own community. So within your within the within the grant, the bigger community, the macro community, you're designed to build a micro community. Right. The macro community is the music industry is at, at, at large. But then there's a micro community that you got to build around your particular gift set and your particular calling your natural gifts and your acquired skill. You build a micro community around that. And then that's where your that's where your wealth will begin to stream from. The scripture says it like this. And I know we say this in a religious way. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. Men shall give unto your bosom. We think that's talking about the tithe and offering. We use that talk about the tithes and offering. Well, we've been taught that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We think that about the time, but that's really about the community that God has called you to. Mm-hmm. Like when you give to that community, you see everything about the kingdom gives you a community and a societal perspective. Mm-hmm. You can't think kingdom and not think society and not think community. You can think that way religion because religion is based off a democratic mindset. Mm-hmm. Christianity is based off a democratic mindset. Catholicism is based off a, uh, 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 a democratic mindset. Christianity is just a derivative of Catholicism, right? So they think democratically. They think individualistically. They don't think community. Mm-hmm. They might try to use the same words, but they really, they really, it won't work. But you can't think kingdom without thinking society, government, culture, community. Mm-hmm. When you think like that, now, now scriptures take on a whole new light. When you think about that scripture in Luke 6.38, it's not just about me bringing a tithe in my little church community. No, it's about the community that I'm called to at large. The music community. How large is the music community? How vast is the music community? Now, you got to niche that thing down so that you can build a micro community that recognizes the value that you can bring to that community and they're willing to pay you for it. That's how you build wealth and create cash creation concepts in the in the kingdom of God and practically in the life that you're living. Right. You go through the the call community that you go to and then you build your micro community. And here's another thing. We talk about namesake. Mm-hmm. Right. Proverbs uh, 11, 22, verse 20, verse one. I want to read it um, so I can say it accurately. Oh, oh, we'll moving around. Proverbs um, 22. <laughs> verse one. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. A good name. What does a good name speak to? True kings, they live for what they call namesake. The name of the king is important. How people view you, your name represents your character, your power, your authority, everything about your name, your namesake. Practically speaking, what does that look like for us? It looks like branding and name recognition. And then most importantly, 
your credit score. Yeah. Like, like your credit score is worth money. It's worth it's worth a lot of money. Right. Eight hundred credit score, you might go get a hundred, two hundred fifty, a hundred to a hundred and fifty thousand dollar loan just off your credit score. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so your name matters in the community that you're called to. Your reputation, how you do business with people, how you treat people, mm-hmm. how you invest in people, how you how you manage people. It matters. So when it comes to your social capital, your being socially wealthy, mm-hmm. it speaks to the community that you're called to, the micro community that you build. Have you built a micro community that sees and recognizes the value that you can bring to it? What kind of reputation do you have for doing business with people? Right. What, what, what is it that people think about when they think when they hear your name? Like when people think Nike, they think success, they think win, they think it's not. It's ironic that the word Nike is actually the word Nakia in the Greek, and it actually means conqueror. Really? Yeah. When the Bible says we're more than conquerors, that word is Nakia. Oh. It's the word Nike, mm-hmm. right? So it's where they get the word Nike from. So they think winning, they think conquer, they think the best, they think Michael Jordan, right? Best of all time, right? So, so what, what, what? name recognition do you have in the community that you're called to? And it takes time to build that. But this is how we, this is how we release the wealth through the keys of the kingdom. And this, I know you said this, you kind of glazed over it, but I think it's majorly important because in our community, I don't feel like it's talked about enough, but how important your credit score is. Listen, you can't get anything no. without a good credit score and it's just not talked about especially in church and the kingdom. It should be, that should be the first thing. And I apologize to all my sons and daughters when I, when the Lord began to reveal this to me mm-hmm. years ago, the first thing I should have been talking to them about was wealth creation. Mm-hmm. Everything from everything we just talked about, everything I just talked about. Mm-hmm. Well, we, and we didn't get to uh, your being, bring resource rich and that's your intangibles. That's your gift set. Um, you know, your gift set comes in, in three primary and then it's also a cluster, yeah. right? You had your primary, secondary, and tertiary gifting. Right. Uh, you know, again, airmen, because it's easy music, um, writing and um, singing. Mm-hmm. Right. Those are his three you know, primary, second, tertiary giftings. And then he has to he has to acquire the skill. He's acquired the skill of engineering. That's a skill. He's acquired the skill of of of, of uh, songwriting. That's a skill. He's acquired the skill of musical arrangement. That's a skill he's he's acquired. Mm-hmm. Right. He put those things together. Now he has to leverage those things. Mm-hmm. So you have your intangible giftings that you have to learn to leverage. Mm-hmm. Then you have your tangible giftings, uh, tangible assets that you have to learn to leverage. Right. And when I'm thinking tangible assets, well, I'm talking land. I'm talking king stuff here. I'm talking biblical stuff. Land, gold, silver, precious metals. Now we can add to that, you know, intellectual property. We can add to that, you know, stocks and bonds. We can add to that things that instruments that we now have created within our structure of our society. Right. We can add to that those things. But the primary thing is land, gold, silver and um, precious metals when it comes to wealth of kings. Right. So those are those are things that we we have to have or those are the keys of the kingdom of God to creating a cash flow that'll that'll transform and revolutionize um, the economics of your life. But it begins with your spiritual wealth, soulless wealth, physical wealth, social wealth and resource wealth. And I'm done. Amen. We got buzz. We got buzz. Amen. We got buzz. <laughs> Any other thoughts or questions? I ain't worried about the buzzing. I'll, I'll, I'll fight. With, I'll fight with the floor manager. <laughs> we'll need you to fight with. Okay, we good. Yes. Praise God. Yes. Well, thank you for joining <sighs> us for another edition of Salvation Solutions. 
don't forget to share, mm-hmm. like, and subscribe on YouTube. And make sure you hit the bell when you subscribe so that you get notifications when we are on. You know, also, I want to I want to mention, too, um, we put a lot of the excerpts. I put one minute, two minute excerpts. Uh, up on our Instagram page. So they can go to our Instagram. That's DamarisJohnson.com. I mean, uh, Damaris underscore Johnson. Go to our Instagram and then that'll lead them to our YouTube, Damaris Johnson TV. That'll lead them to our YouTube page where we just, we put the whole video up of this podcast. We also, we're on iTunes. They can hear us on iTunes. So, you know, we're going to find a way to make it easy for you to, to hear what it is, the, the, the word of the kingdom that the Lord has given us. So I want to mention that as well. Yeah. So seek us out. <laughs> and we're done. Praise God. I don't leave too much room for questions for y'all, did I? No, I was going on and on. I, y'all got to jump in, though. I need y'all to ask questions. Well, I mean, we jumped in where... Y'all didn't jump in. This is what it is. Everyone's asked one question.